0: Minnesota boxing fans and welcome to another episode of the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. I'm Brian Johnson and my co-host is Sean Strauss. In this episode, Minnesota boxer Tony Lee joins the podcast to talk about his upcoming fight against Rondale Hubbard at the Garden in Duluth. Lee, 11-2 1 as a pro, returns to the ring after a nearly six-year layoff. But this episode is about more than boxing. In a wide-ranging interview, Lee talks openly about trials and tribulations, family, and his deep and abiding faith in God. His opponent's nickname is Give Him Hell, but Lee says that doesn't faze him in the least. I've already been there, he explains. I hope you enjoy the interview.
1: All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. I'm Sean Strauss, my co-host is Brian Johnson, and today we're pleased to be joined with Tony Two Sharp Lee. Tony, thanks for joining us, man.
2: Yeah, no problem. How are you guys doing? Oh, there you are. Oh, we're doing good, man.
1: Yeah, all right. doing
0: all right. Thanks for thanks for taking some okay. time, Tony, to chat.
1: No, no problem. So yeah, we've uh, already talked to some of the fighters that are on the uh, upcoming card this coming Friday in Duluth, including your opponent, uh, but we wanted to touch base with you and to talk about the fight and uh, just what you've been up to, you know, with all your, um, your time away from the ring and just, you know, how your preparation's going and, and all that. But uh, we can maybe start at the beginning, you know, when you, uh, it's been what, about six or seven years since you've been in the ring? Is that right? yeah 20, 2017 so yeah 6 years so what what have you been up to what can you tell us um i i know a little bit from being your friend on social media but uh, if you can say it in your own words what's uh what's life been up with well i mean i've come to the knowledge of
2: truth uh in my journey in this life and to our salvation so i've i've uh over the past few years I've been building a relationship with our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And uh He has put some trials in my life and they have strengthened me, you know, and made me lean on Him. And you know, I I walk in uh I walk in humility on a daily basis and I I serve my family and I
1: serve other people and that's what it's about. That's awesome. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to hear about the trials and tribulations, but uh, Brian, Brian and I both can uh, join you in our our love for our heavenly Savior too. We, we're both Christians and uh, followers of Jesus, so that's awesome, man. Hey, man, that's uh, there's nothing like communion with uh, you know with, with with that. So there's that's that is it's a beautiful thing. Walking in humility oh. is a good thing. That uh, yeah, I I think I need to take take a little heat on that every day humbled myself a little bit more. So that's awesome to hear that you're, uh, you're doing that. You know, you mentioned some things maybe that outside the ring, the trials and tribulations, but, uh, you know, you've got this fight coming up. When did, Mm -hmm. uh, when did you get back in the, in the ring and decide you were going to start fighting again? I mean, so I, I've been, so my last fight was Marcus Morris and, uh, you know,
2: with me, there's no, there's no excuses when it comes to boxing, whether if you win or you, or you lose. There's no excuses. I think uh, when things happen, they happen for a reason. That being said, there are things that are very circumstantial that can happen, leading to a fight that can change the element or dynamics of an outcome of a fight. And uh, you know, I I didn't uh, prevail in my last fight, and uh, I've been looking to redeem that pretty much since 2018. But uh, the pandemic hit uh, you know, life hit, um, in the process of that, I've, I came to sobriety. So I've been sober for two and a half years, been in the gym, been taking care of my body. I work hard, you know, I'm a blue, blue collar individual, you know, I work a union job and I put my head, keep my head down to the mill and grind, you know?
0: Hey, good for you, Tony. Um, so do you work in construction or?
2: No, I have, I have a, I, I work for a dairy company. It's called Prairie, Prairie Farms. It's a union <laughs> job. It's over here. I live in Woodbury. It's over here in Woodbury. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's high demand as far as labor-wise. You're, you pull, you pull stacks of milk, you have a gun scanner, you you scan what, you, what companies and stores need and you pull orders and the stacks of milk weigh 150 pounds. And you, um, I do that. And I load trailers and yeah, it's, it's a, it's an intense job. You know, it has, it has its perks. So, and that's a, that's a night shift job. So I do that. And then I get up and I, I train from, I'd say either four, four or 5.00 PM to 7.00 PM. And then I head back to work, get a few hours of sleep, mm-hmm. take care of the family, do what I got to do with the
1: wife and back to the gym. It's just a cycle. Oh seems like this is a reoccurring theme on this card that uh m- multiple fighters are um working jobs that are very physical i think and keep you guys in shape um that's that's cool um well i suppose it's cool when you need to work out if you didn't need to stay in shape maybe yeah. you wouldn't like it so much but it, do you uh look at it that way that like it's just helping i think you stay that's in why fighters fighters
2: fighters probably prove. Yeah, I, I believe that fighters naturally, whether if you're MMA or any type of combative type of person, probably preferably would not want a desk job, but that depends on the individual. I mean, uh, work can can have its load to where it can take an accumulation on your body as well. So I, I believe you have to have a balance, you know what I mean? And sure. I, have a, I have a, it's a union job and I have a lot of seniority. Uh, you know in today's era people would rather tiktok or something to make money but yeah it's, it's a you know it's it's a 20 degrees cooler so sure. it's something from a rocky film you know i'm always <laughs> buying uh-huh. hand warmer hand warmers and feet warmers and and i i hate the cold i never liked the cold and here i am <laughs> four years in working at a in a cold cold cooler so
0: so uh, Well, that that'll certainly keep you in shape, Um, right? What was that do? Was that done to your weight? I mean, are you gaining muscle? Are you? It sounds like I'm. I'm sure you're not. You know, putting on fat or anything like that. But are you bulking up?
2: No, I mean, so I I I walk around in the you know high one fifties right now. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm one forty five today. So you know, I just you know I. Just take care. Watch. I watch what I eat. I do. a. I do intermittent fasting, you know, and I just have been taking care of my temple a whole lot better than when I was in my 20s.
1: So. Yeah. Speaking of when you're younger and uh, in weight, I'm familiar with watching you as an amateur, Tony. Um, what what's the biggest change for you now when you were an amateur? Uh, Refresh my memory. What weight were you fighting at? uh 1 132 to 141
2: so lightweight light welterweight same same almost same thing I'm a little bit heavier now i i want to fight at 132 now but i won the upper midwest 3 years in a row at 132 and uh state 5 years in a row at 132 and i fought jamal james 3 times and beat him 2 out of 3 at 140 so so, yeah. yeah, I
1: think um, the the man strength, I think, is probably what you're talking about, right? Just a little bit bigger, you know. I think most guys do that when they're amateurs and they turn pro. Maybe you fight slightly heavier than yeah. uh, when you did in the amateurs. You're kind of right. grown into your frame and.
2: Um, well, yeah, you know, i mean I'm in my, I mean, I'm 37 years old, so I'm I'm a full grown man, you know, and uh, I think uh, one thing that I think a lot of people are going to see is that um come this upcoming friday is that uh, age is something that that age is something that you would either allow it to affect you or you do not allow it to affect you i think people are going to be very surprised to see how i move how i look the strength the power the knowledge
1: yeah ron dale i don't know if you listened to his uh, his interview with us or not um, he had good things to say about the first time he ever saw you fight um and the way that you controlled the ring and um Mm -hmm. i guess does is is your age of changing the your um strategy and how you fight like when you're younger maybe more aggressive or you know what i mean it's or Uh, it's more boxing now than brawling or is that you're trying to use more smarts or it, you know,
2: it's it's uh it's just
1: uh, I you know with you know with the experience
2: that I've had because I've been boxing since I was 14. So you know, it's 23, 20 something, 23 years. Um, you know, just as you age, you you definitely learn how to mentally you you definitely on a on a mental aspect are able to do things that that you weren't able to do mentally when you were younger. So, you know, like I, I was watching a film or a documentary of Sugar Ray Leonard, and he was in his twenties. Was after he beat Marvin Hagler, and he had this perception that he was thirty-two, and he had just a small time frame to do what he wanted to do. And really, that's just that's just what the world tells you. That's just what "quote unquote" science tells you. But I think this is a a situation to where each individual has the option. Uh, as long as their body allows them to, and as long as there's evidence that you can do do what it is that you want to do, you don't put yourself in a box as far as age is concerned.
1: Yeah, just look, uh, there were movies coming out soon about George Foreman when he came back and won the heavyweight championship again. Um, you, know, you got Bernard Hopkins fighting late in late in life. So yeah, you can definitely keep fighting later in life.
2: You yeah and, and
1: and that goes hand in hand with how you take care of yourself as well
2: i mean i can't sure. if i was if you know i being before before i got saved you know i would drink and party and and you know if if i was still doing that i don't think there's any way that i would be where i am today without a doubt so yeah you definitely have to take care of yourself but uh, uh yeah i mean uh i have nothing bad to say about Rondell hubbard uh the kid, I mean, he has forty-something fights. I mean, he takes fights on the on the drop of a dime. I mean, that's that's very courageous. I I wouldn't do that. I'll tell you that much. Um. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good show. You know, I I don't have nothing bad to say about Rondell. Uh, I just think that he is. It's just it's not gonna work out the way that he's gonna hope it does.
0: um,
1: um, Oh, sorry, Brian.
0: Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you, Tony, um, you mentioned Jamal James um, a a few minutes ago. And when we were interviewing Jamal before his fight here at the Armory, one thing that came up was he he was coming off um, a 16-month layoff, Mm -hmm. which was a pretty long layoff for him. And one thing that came up, I think his trainer, Sankara, mentioned this, that sometimes that layoff actually does you good. It gives your body a chance to rest and Mm -hmm. sort of recharge your batteries. And it sounds like you've certainly done that not only with your time off, but also just the change in your lifestyle. Can you speak to that a little bit? Um, You think it might actually be a benefit to you that you've had some time off from the ring? You know, that's a, that's a great, that's a great
2: statement you made and uh, a, a great perspective uh yeah, I've uh I mean like I said, 2017. So 2017 was my last fight, but before 2017, 2015 was my last fight, was the fight before that. So that was a year and a half to two year layoff before 2017. And with with these layoffs and time frames, it's given me a, a chance to really evaluate who I am as a person and what it is that I want out of life. Um Sean may know this, Brian, I, I, I don't see what, why you would know this, but my son had a spinal cord injury. Uh, Chris, he was four years old. He's six now, but Christmas Eve, 2020, he woke up paralyzed out of nowhere. Mm. Wow. So I mean, We all know how 2020 hit with the pandemic and everything else. And so it was just an ugly year. Hasn't mm. been the prettiest since, but, uh, so we rush him in to the hospital and they find a cyst that has been compressing his spinal cord. It's, it was, it's called an arachnoid cyst and it's been compressing his spinal cord and you know, it was growing and growing and kept compressing and it got to the point to where it paralyzed from his chest, like underneath his chest down. So his abdominal area all the way down. And so he's had three surgeries since then. And, you know, cause it kept growing back, the cyst did, and uh, they ended up putting a shunt in last March, actually. Uh, I think March 10th and the 14th, he had two surgeries. They put a shunt in a year ago and uh, it's been working. So he's been able, he's been functioning better. He's six years old now. I have a six, he's six, my daughter's three. And so just mm. that alone, uh, has instilled in me I mean I I won't say anger or rage but it it just like seeing my son develop the way he has and and how he's had so much fortitude with going through therapy going being and he has he's has autism so he's very he's very he has a he has sensory issues so when the nurses are picking at him and poking at him and we're stuck in the hospital for four months at a time, and you can't have visitors, and you can't do this, and you can't do that, and just the the, the courage that this little man has showed me throughout this whole process, is it is just so uh, humbling, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as heart-wrenching as it was, man, it was just like, man, like, that. that's my blood, that's my son, that's my child, that's my legacy right there, and for him to be able to withstand everything he did and get up every day and go to therapy and not complain about it. Cause you can tell, you can tell a four or five year old to do, do something, but if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. And he, you know, he would do things his way, but he would always march to the beat of of his own drum. And he, uh, he, 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 he took this whole situation that, that God allowed to happen and he's been developing from it. So that, that alone, just watching him just shows that that's, that's me. That's my seed. That's who we are is the leaves. You know,
1: we don't, we don't stop for nobody. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I was aware of, uh, of that Tony and I've been following you, you know, you on social media for a while now we've been friends and, um, mm-hmm. your son is, it got, uh, I mean, I I'm, I've got a bunch of nieces and nephews. I don't have any kids myself, um, but your son is got like this infectious smile. You know, like something about him. Like when I yeah. can see you posting videos and stuff, I'm like, man, that kid's just a beam of positive energy. So I can Thanks. only imagine, you know, the uh, the joy that he brings you guys, um, especially yeah. seeing him doing well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't, you know, I would. So who who can you be who can you be mad at? At a situation like that you know so I mean uh obviously I, was, I asked God questions why but I mean I was told not to ask why I was told to have faith and uh mm. and that's that's what what the Lee family is based around is faith and uh pers- perseverance and uh yeah he's he's you know, I, like the main thing was, you know, I don't want to be the militant father, the militant dad. Like, no, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to walk. You got, you know, I mean, like you have to have a balance. You know, I'm not wasn't trying to let him off the hook with stuff. But I was told just to relax like it, it's under control. It's going to be OK. And, uh, you know, throughout this whole process, man, it's just made us stronger. So uh, from a spiritual to a physical concept it's all connected and uh I think uh next I think that this upcoming Friday is just going to be it's
0: just going to be a a great show yeah for sure Tony Uh, I'm so glad first of all to hear that your son is doing better and just the inspiration you must draw from him it's I can imagine that that really must be uh something that that fuels you and boxing of course is a very tough sport but getting in the ring is nothing compared to what your son has gone through so right um good for him I'm glad that he's doing better
2: well thank you so much it means everything to me yeah yeah I mean that's why like next Friday is going to be a walk in the park I mean Rondell his his alias is give him hell I've already been there I already been there, bro. So there ain't not much that he's gonna be able to to throw at me to to deteriorate me from
1: what it is that I'm there to achieve that night. What does your uh, your son think about you fighting? Since you know you've done most of your fighting before he was <clears throat> born, you know, and now he's like, "Wait a second, Dad's going to fight and uh, that... see you train and uh, how's that uh, going?" It's funny because he, I mean, he is
2: he. So when I show him videos, he looks at me and he kind of just has a smirk on his face and he looks at me like, Dad, I'd, I'd beat your ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that's how he looks at me. It's just something about him to where he's not he's not he's not impressed. You know, <laughs> uh, but he knows what it is and he he respects it. But my daughter my daughter's more like, you know, daddy, you're the you're this, you're that. And my son my son's just like, man, what I my son just looks at me like, bro, like you couldn't do what I do. You couldn't do what I did, you know, so so it's pretty awesome. And it's, it's humbling too, you
0: know? Yeah, that, that is awesome. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Tony, Tony, I I know you don't want to obviously look past your fight, but, but do you see this as just a one-off deal with your comeback or, or do you expect to, um, fight, um, take more fights in addition to this one? What, what, where are you at
2: now? Yeah. I, I think I think, uh, you know, I, I I'm giving myself I'm giving myself if God allows it, I'm giving myself like a three to four year window before I before I want before I hang them up. And then, uh you know, obviously, I want to get involved with giving back to the community and helping out these kids, because without boxing, I, I think that uh I could have gotten myself in a lot of trouble. And it it's just something that that instills a sense of discipline and and moral, moral compass and uh, individual, whether if you're competing, at, you know, whether if you're in it for competition or just for the lifestyle, it's boxing has boxing's not what people think it is. I mean, it, yeah, it's obviously probably one of the most dangerous sports in the world, if not the, but there's aside from the the getting hit aspect, everything else around it. Is uh is something that instills a sense of of moral compass in a person. So mm-hmm. I give myself a three to four year window, and I mm-hmm. in whether you know I I'd, I'd probably want to hang hang them up by then. Um, mm-hmm. This pandemic kind of threw a wrench in in things, but you know I, I trust everything that I, I trust I trust every process that 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 a, that one goes through. Mm-hmm. So I mean. I don't want to like say any names but any any fight that I've ever lost or I would love to redeem you know because I know mm. I know my capabilities people know my capabilities a big part of a big part of me not getting to where I wanted to get to in boxing has been uh, subsequently because of me because of myself you know you can't you can't live a double you can't live a double life you cannot train for three months and then party for three months train for three months party for mm-hmm. it's you can't have one foot in one foot out and i'm at a point in my life to where i feel i'm rejuvenated um i don't look at life as a game as, if you guys look at where we are in today's society and and you look at you look turn on the news there's people dying every day so mm-hmm. i mean life is life is very fragile And Mm. the times that we're, that we are in is no joke. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for the glory of God, not for my own glory. You know, I've, I've tried to reason what I try to reason. I try to look at it as as something that I shouldn't do, but it's something that has been instilled in me and
1: Hey, uh, birds fly, fish swim, Tony Lee fights. Hmm.
2: Mm. Well, you do it
1: well. So I'm looking forward to seeing you fight. Um, it's going to be the first time ever watching fights in Duluth. Um, you know, when you were young, you were fighting and traveling all over. Do you, do you mm-hmm. ever go up and fight in Duluth, Tony? <clears throat> I mean, I've,
2: so I've had, I've had a couple car cards in Black Bear and then a few cards at at Hinkley. So yeah, I fought, I fought up North a few times. Okay. I've uh, never fought, I've never fought at the canal or grandma's sports garden have never fought here before so
1: okay mm. yeah it, sh- it should be fun I mean everyone that we've talked to that's up in that area it makes it sound like it's going to be a great atmosphere um, yeah so yeah and the other one that I heard there was we already interviewed uh Jesse Wanam Wanamaker and it sounds like unfortunately he lost his opponent and it's going to be off the the card so I believe it's only going to be four fights, um, okay. but they're good matchups. So, right. I'm, like I said, I'm still really excited about it. Um, yeah. Now, we're, we're talking on Sunday for our listeners. Um, on the 5th, the fights are this coming Friday. Uh, on the 10th, like uh, Tony said, it's at the Garden and Canal Park and Duluth. Um, as far as you're winding down your camp now, I'm guessing sparring's probably over um yeah, sparring, sparring's done can you talk really quickly about you know who's with you in camp you know who's helping coach you who are who's gonna you know do, work your corner with you and stuff like that and what this last week's gonna look like
2: yeah so it's been so johnny johnson you know when i was looking to, to come back a couple of years ago i reached out to johnny uh, you know johnny's always been been someone that that has worked with me and worked my corners. But so I reached out to Johnny because uh Otis is initially my original trainer, Otis Gage. And Otis oh, has just been busy with with work and his wife and you know um Otis is kind of you know, like Otis is somebody who has who took me on, you know, and started training me from the brunettes. And uh Otis is, you know, like he he gives back to the community, always has. But Otis is not a, he's not always one who's, who's gonna be in the gym. Johnny's always in the gym.
1: That's what this is what Johnny does, you know. And so yeah, I, I think reached out to Johnny's I, been working in uh at Cericio's uh surboxing, hasn't he? Yeah, that's where I'm at as well. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah. So so John, so I've been
2: working with Johnny and then I, I reached out to Otis and I told him, you know, I know you're busy and but you know, I signed this contract, Rondell. And Zach offered me to fight. So I signed the contract because I've been looking for a fight as it is. This was this was like January 10th or something. And I was like, so I would love for you to, you know, if you can, Otis, to work with me. So he's like, oh, he's like, man, with, without a doubt, you know, I got your back. So so Otis has been working with me on Saturdays. Uh, Johnny's been working with me three to four days a week. And then uh, a, a partner who was work, would work with Matt Vanda, uh, Lenny McQuinn. Uh, he's like an assistant cut man, uh, conditioning type of coach. He's a friend, and he's worked my corners before, and so it's been Johnny, Otis, and Lenny. They've been working with me, um, and I mean, it's it's been a good camp. It's it's you know I've had two solid hard months of of just grinding, of of nothing but. Of nothing but, but hard, but smart work, you know, like, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm older now. So mentally I know how to do things differently. I would, I would, I would always take, take fights and then I'd always train so hard to where I would injure something. I'd pull a hamstring when I fought Jeremy McLaurin for the state, state title in the rematch. Cause the first one they called a draw, why I don't know, but it is what it is. But in the rematch, I had a pulled hamstring, so I couldn't run for three weeks. And so now that I'm older, I, I've now that I'm older, I, I know how to listen to my body. So you know, I I would trick my body to do something else once I feel that this might be something that could cause a problem. I, instead of running, I'll go swimming. You know, um, so it's it's been a good camp. It's been a every day. I chart. I've charted. I've charted what I've done every day to keep the receipts to remind myself that hey, you know, you're, you're grinding. And uh, this last week is I'm 145, so I the fight's at 140 to 142, and if I can, I'm gonna hold on to those two pounds. Um, but I'm, you know, I've I've always kind of tried to be an overachiever just to make sure I don't have to do anything once I get to the scale. So um, it's just a, a big taper down, like really light bag work this last week. Uh, a lot of shadow boxing, uh, lo- skipping rope, um, all the hard sprints and all that's pretty much coming to a close. And it's just time to let your body rest and and recuperate so you can have get the best performance out of it. You know, I've learned also in the process that sometimes when you overdo it because you want to make sure you're so conditioned, you're actually taken away from that moment of, per- of when it's time to perform. So...
1: Yeah, that's Mm got to be um, insanely difficult. I know when Brian mentioned we were talking to Jamal um, at the armory um, at the post-fight press conference. And Mm -hmm. one of his uh, fights he was talking about was the fight that he had lost, his last fight against Butaev. And they were talking about how that fight had been delayed multiple times. And uh, Jamal just kind of went on to talk about the difficulties of when you're in camp and how you want to peak, like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when there's delays, then all of a sudden now you got to, <laughs> you know, adjust, go back and then try yeah. to back off again so that you're peaking and, and how that's not only difficult physically, but mentally also. Um, yeah. so it sounds like you're in a good place, both mentally and physically, you know, you're really close within weight. Um, mm-hmm. so it sounds like you're you're in good position for this last week. Um, yep. now you mentioned John, Johnny Johnson. Um, I know Johnny, um, shout out mm-hmm. to Johnny. Um, with mm-hmm. these Showtime Armory cards, I don't know if he was doing it this last card, but the time before, I know both him and Ceriso were uh, driving guys around. They were shuttling them. And that was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. and Johnny even took a picture for me with, uh, one of the fighters down there. So I always like seeing mm-hmm. Johnny around. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, uh, another guy that you said worked with Vanda. I didn't catch that name. Can you say that again? Oh, uh, Lenny, his name's Lenny Mick Quinn. Lenny McQuinn. Yeah. And that was the guy who used to work with Vanda.
2: Yep. and he's more of like a, he's more of a strength and conditioning type of coach, but uh, like, he, he knows the work I have and the labor I do. He knows that, you know, there there's not much that needs to be done as far as strength and conditioning, but he's, he's a a great motivator. And uh, he has a good, a good eye for boxing
1: and he knows, he knows what works for me, you know? So, and then you mentioned Otis Gage also, you know, former pro fighter, um, yep. you know, he retired 12 and zero. um, yep. I'm looking at his box right now. Um, you know, what can you tell us the the difference? You know, are you, it sounds like you're working with these guys individually. Um, so when you mm-hmm. were in camp earlier on and you were hard at it, um, can you break down what each of these guys was bringing to the table? You mentioned Lenny was power and conditioning. Uh, what about Otis and Johnny? I've seen Johnny do lots of pad work with guys. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, I mean, so Otis and Johnny are both pad work. And as you know, Johnny
2: has his style and Otis has his style. So, you know, going over it all, I know, I know what works for me. And, you know, there's, there's things that with boxing to where you can have somebody in the gym who, who's not a good boxer, he's just a gym rat, but he might show you something that could actually be used to your benefit as far as like an arsenal or you know are a certain movement or something so you always be open-minded for for advice you know because this is a game to where styles make fights and you're never going to know everything about boxing like you're never there's always going to be somebody somewhere at some corner of the earth that's going to have your number so it's it's a process to where it's ever learning you're always going to be learning so I, t- I, take, I take with Johnny what I take with Johnny and I relay that to Otis and Otis will agree with it or say what I need to change. And same with Otis. Like I'll tell Johnny what Otis says and Johnny will give his perspective on it. And at the end of the day, it's up to me to discern what it is that I need to take with me and what it is that don't. And then I I use that in sparring sessions, theories and and I see what works for me and what doesn't, if it doesn't work for me, I'm going to let it go. If it does work for me, or I might try it another day because maybe that day I wasn't feeling that well, you know? So it's, it's just, it's just a process, man. And it, it's been, it's, it's been a beautiful process. And at the end of the day, we all are are in sync on on what works for me and what needs to be done to, to be victorious.
1: Mm nice well it's wow. good it sounds like you've got some guys that you you trust and you've been working with for a long time you know you said you've been with Johnny uh you know since the amateurs even so that's that's good to have people with you like that that feels like uh home it's, and natural
2: it's it's funny too because uh Johnny so my my second fight I fought Sam Morales I don't know if you remember Sam yep but I had I had one amateur fight and Sam Morales had about 28 fight or something and uh johnny johnson like mom, we didn't know who he was but i was 14 years old and and uh he looks at my my nieces and nephews are there and my nephew's like 10 years old and he's like is that your that's your uncle well get a pillow because he's about to go night night he's about to go to sleep you know how johnny is trying to and you know i i mean i you know beat beat sam but so johnny was always somebody to where i would fight his fighters you know what I mean? But we would always work together. And then uh, it, it turned out to where when Otis left uh, Brunettes, you know, I, I ended up going with Otis and we went to Rice Street Gym when it was open at the time. And Johnny was there and uh, Johnny took us in with open arms. Didn't, didn't ask why, didn't ask how, you know, didn't, you know, he just so Johnny has a big heart. Uh, he's very misunderstood, I believe. And uh, he's always been about the kids, you know, he's always helping the community, always giving back. And as, as well as Otis, you know, Otis always has great advice for anybody who's willing to accept it and adhere to it. And, you know, it's you know, I, I have a great team behind me.
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, Rice Street and for our listeners, I know we've got some young listeners that uh, and some of them are current Rice Street uh, mm-hmm. gym uh, athletes. Uh, that might not mm-hmm. be aware of it. You mentioned Rice Street and Johnny. Uh, at one point, I believe Johnny's mom, I think, and Johnny were running Rice Street, right? I think it's it's. Think it changed hands a couple different times over the years, but I want to say his mom, I think, was running it.
2: I, I you know, know it was or owned it. You know, when it was off of Western, and uh, I don't know if his mom was running it. Um, and that could be. I know that he he was running it for about I think around a decade or so.
1: I'd found a uh, newspaper clipping that had well, maybe I'm just confusing it because his mom was in it. Um but it was but the point is that you know that he actually was, you know, there yep. operating Rice Street at one point. Now the current rendition of Rice Street that's out there, um, you know, it started with Mike, um, Mike Evgen, and uh mm-hmm. is now being kind of continued on. Mike's still right. around behind the scenes, but Vanda's over there and Dustin Van Gilder's running it. Um yeah. but, very cool you know it's a lot of history um i'm i'm just a newbie learning all this stuff you know um but you were living it (laughs) Mm -hmm. what was that like at that old rice street gym
2: well so they had they had the gym and then they had like uh housing units above it so people would were living above the gym you know it was it was just your hey it was you know you're you're rugged you know not super fancy super nice layout of a gym it was rugged uh it had all the equipment you need it had space for you to do what you needed to do and you know it's it was a you know it's a lion's den that's how it was Mm -hmm. i mean and i and i and i originally came from brunettes which, which was very organized very professional and uh i think that speaks volumes too is that you know somebody such as myself who who has a, a mindset of what it is they want to do. It doesn't really matter what atmosphere they're in. They're going to get it done. And that's what ultimately being a professional is about, is being able to perform adversities. Hey, you know uh, hey,
0: hey Tony, do you remember uh, sparring with Donnie Tierney back in the day at Rice Street?
2: Yeah, I remember Donnie. Me and him both fought on the Target Center card.
0: Uh, that's right. Yeah, I think he had his... Might have had his pro debut there, yeah. But, um, you know, he uh, he's he's a friend of the podcast, I know, and he talked about, I know personally he's told me that he had some pretty uh, pretty tough sessions with you,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, uh, da- Donnie's kind of sneaky too, you know, he, and he has some power. so yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, I like Donny. I love Donnie,
0: yeah, Donnie and the the Witzows, and uh, mm-hmm. so I don't know, did you ever work out with uh, Jason or Alan or? Uh, guys? I,
2: I sparred i sparred jason allen once at brunettes uh they had a few years on me i i i was i was getting allen really good and then jason got came in and you know tried, to you know try to take me out and the brunettes <laughs> were like hey, hey, hey you know he's still an amateur and i think jason had like four or five fights then but yeah mm-hmm. um you know i did some sparring with them but when it comes to that like a level like that there's there's so much Eagle that goes into a sparring session like that to where i mean this, this was years and years and years ago but you know i try to i try to avoid stuff like that today like in today's era mm-hmm. just for the simple fact that i'm a professional and you know and everybody wants glory for the little things these days mm-hmm. like like I, I believe that your training camp should be private sparring session should be but everybody wants to record what they do and glorify it and i actually think that that's very deceiving because it it's making you seem like you're doing something that's not it's not fully complete but you want the glory for that moment right then and that's how today's era is and i've never been i'm more old school i believe working in the in working in the in you know behind the scenes for that moment to to shine you know so i don't i don't look at sparring people to post it on you facebook or youtube Mm -hmm. like this is a process and uh you know, I, I'm old school with it, man. I, I, I believe there's a lot of spiritual, spiritualness that goes into boxing. You have to be in tune mentally, spiritually, physically, all that. That's why I said there's no excuses, but there are circumstances. So you have to be careful with, with the circumstances that you may face to,
1: to get the results, you know. Mm-hmm. Talking about sparring, I've, I've seen both schools of thought with boxing fans and, and people in the uh, in the industry where on the one hand, I can uh, agree and totally see where you're coming from, where you just keep it private. You know, you want coaches involved on the one side where you're you're working on specific, you know, skills and you want to be bettering, you know, and actually benefiting from it and not Mm -hmm. just going to war and uh, brawling and potentially getting hurt and being counterproductive. Um, But then there's other side of it was like, well, you're going to be in a fight and it's not going to be pretty and you got to know what to do when it doesn't get pretty and i guess i can see both points of view but i think if you're just brawling all the time it's not a matter of if it's when you're going to get hurt or you know there's going to be something bad that happens Well, yeah
2: yeah and that's what i'm saying like so there's been there's been people that have sparred and back you know back in the twenty. 2008 2009 2010 you know like when i was fighting for the state title and all that there's been people that i would spar and they would get the better of me in a sparring session because i don't look at a sparring session as as you know like like my my whole object objective when it comes to boxing is to to be the alpha when you're in the ring but at the same time i'm working on things so my objective is not to take you out now When you train, there's been people that I sparred who I would say may have gotten the better of me in a sparring session just because they're not looking at it the way I'm looking at it. But then if you transfer that over to the fight, there's a whole different mentality when it comes to the actual fight itself. So there's been Mm -hmm. fights to where there was people that that I sparred who thought they would have an easy fight because they did better in a sparring session than they get knocked out in the fight because it's a different – it's another level.
1: You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So i don't want to make you go uh and step on any of the words that you just said as far as about keeping your stuff private as far as the training goes and and uh that but i was just wondering if and not to name drop necessarily but um as far as sparring goes and you don't have to name anyone but uh were you guys bringing people in or did you go travel you know to get your sparring how'd that go yeah we brought we brought a couple people in
2: and uh you know we took a couple little trips And, you know, I'm not going to speak too much on it, but we've, we've done what we needed to do and we did it the right way. You know what I mean? So there will be, I mean, Hey, this, this, this card coming up, I mean, I, you know, uh, there, I, I don't see there being any circumstances that will affect outcome you know what i mean I, th- I think it's made the best man win
1: right on so you are locked in 100 prepared it sounds like and ready to roll unfortunately gotta wait a few more days here um now th- the fight's only a couple hours away. um mm-hmm. it's in the evening obviously on friday um how does that work you know with amateurs um you know you guys weigh in what the day of like, earlier that day and then and then you fight but with pros you guys typically weigh in the day before if i'm not mistaken correctly yep you're you're right yep fighters wait, but professionals weigh in the day before the fight and amateurs weigh in the day of yep so do you have to drive up on thursday and, and then come back down or are you going up and staying up overnight or how's that going to work yeah i'm going up and i'm staying overnight with uh, otis and johnny
2: and then right my mom, my mom and my my wife's going to stay here with the kids and then she's going to drive up the day of so nice uh,
1: and uh, so, uh the other uh person of your team Jimmy is he able to make the the trip this time or is it oh, just going to be just Johnny?
2: you mean Lenny, yeah, Lenny? Uh,
1: yeah yeah Lenny's coming up too
2: he's coming up Thursday night nice mm-hmm
1: right on I'm running out of questions dude. and well and well not really I could talk boxing forever dude right definitely (laughs) talk about the past you know uh, you know and ask you questions uh about the amateur days and just reminisce with you forever and we've already talked to you uh, you know longer than we were planning so thank you for being patient since Um, we were late to begin with and then now you're giving us more time very generous hey hey, I, I appreciate it gentlemen nothing but uh nothing but uh
2: blessings and and good good hope for both of you and you know let's let's do this and let's impact the world in a positive way you know
0: thank you tony you as well look forward to seeing you back in action and um uh, best of, best wishes to you
2: i i so appreciate it
1: yeah i want to touch base with you after the fight and uh you know maybe get a quick post fight audio from you if that's possible we'll try to link up And, uh, you know, in the future, whatever you have going on, you know, you mentioned someday getting involved in boxing, you know, behind the scenes, maybe coaching or doing something, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, or whether it's the next fight, um, I'd love to just stay in touch, you know? Um, Yeah. Any, anytime I'll be available to, to, to help you
2: out and you, you help me out. I mean, Hey man, in this game, you, it's a social melting pot. So never burn a bridge. No, boxing fans, we got to stick together, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Tony.
2: All right, fellas, have a good night.